I'm Liam P. Grappler. Welcome to my podcast. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, uh, Professor Dave Christick, third degree black belt from Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Tempestow. Um, he's under Professor Pedro Sauer as well. Um, so yeah, this is another role cast where we discuss his views on ego. Um, he talks about finding his fun again. Uh, we also discuss how I roll using what I have. Uh, his beginnings under John Will reasons for starting jiu-jitsu as uh, bullying and we also talk about the importance of philosophy in, in martial arts. Uh, Dave touches on his views about nutrition and diets and the Gracie diet. We also talk about the emotional attachment to food and having growing up uh, in a family where to keep the peace you have to eat. So yeah, we also touch on uh, hunting and how he learns more about awareness and energy management from that, uh, from bow hunting, and also learning from teaching how taking your own advice is, yeah, the biggest lesson he's learned. So, we, and yeah, he's also part of the Gracie Gracie Academy. So he, he does the Gracie Combatives and the Bullyproof and the Women Empowerment and all those programs. So check out his website for all, all those details. Um, yeah, and if you're ever in the area, check out his gym. He's a high level, he, yeah, he's got a high level of knowledge and is a you know, high level instructor. So I'd highly recommend going and checking out his gym. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this rollcast and we'll catch you on the other side. Us. Hi there, I'm the Impaired Grappler. Welcome to my podcast. Today's guest is Professor Third Degree Black Belt Dave Christick from uh, Team Pedro Sauer Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Temple So. How's it going, guys? Mouthful. How are you? Man, <laughs> Welcome. Lo lovely, to, lovely to be here, and um, yeah, it's, a, it's an honor to get to man to get to roll with the Imperial. Yeah, the Imperial. Right, that's it. Yes, yeah, legit. It. There it is. And like those that can't tell, this guy's a giant. What are you about? <laughs> You're nearly seven foot tall. Nah, seven, not, not that big. Yeah, <laughs> six eight or something. Six, 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 six foot. Uh, six foot five and a bit. Six foot five and a bit. Six foot five yeah. and a bit. To me, it may as well be seven foot. With <laughs> <laughs> how tall I am, but yeah. Um, hey, us, us tall guys, man, we get it too. You know, all, all you. You, you little fast guys, you know, it's not so easy for us. Yeah, we, f <laughs> we, we find the way to get in there. And exactly, everyone finds not, their way, which is not, what you do. You're not trying to kill us, so, so, it's, all, so it's okay. <laughs> if you're trying to smash our heads, you know, it's a different story. <laughs> we might, might be going Game, Game of Thrones style, but um, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, you know, if Oberyn Martell understood position, he had a guard, he would have won. Yeah. He, man, he was, had an arm lock right there. Yeah, he didn't yeah. take it. Oh, he was a bit um, terrible. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was overzealous. It's like it's the, the that meme of that kill shot. It's like that's it. He had it, but you know, too emotional. Mm, too emotional. Too emotional. Now we got now we got the White Walker, <laughs> White Walker. Um, yeah, now we got problems. God. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll stop talking TV right now. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, we'll be here all day. Yes, we could be. But um, sure. yeah, so yeah, Dave and I rolled earlier uh, yes. just now, and um, yeah, great roll, pretty good roll for like ten minutes or fifteen minutes or so. So we're gonna play that role and have a chat, and 100%. yeah. So oh, here we go. go. I'll turn the volume down. So right, we'll kill that. The microphone. Nice. So. 
So we start standing. Start, get start standing here, and I, what I notice right away is how you use your legs. You know, you like I was saying before, such a, a beautifully adapted, you know, jujitsu. You know, you're really making jujitsu yours, which mm. you know, I just think that's awesome. You know, really concentrating on what you have rather than what you don't have. Yeah, and that's you know. A really great way to look at things. And this was just a beautiful, like, as soon as you opened my, as soon as you opened me up there, I was like, what the hell? Then I could, I could just sense it coming. I'm like, how far away is this guy? Then I get lifted up. It's like, uh, I'm going for a ride. The, the yeah, spider like, legs, mm. spider legs, guys. Um, it certainly helps. It's, it's an advantage. And once again, I use what I have, just like you use what you have. Mm. That was um, um, perfectly executed and um, gentle, if I must say. Um, Helicopter armbar. <laughs> uh, would have, I could have gone flying there, but those are very. Well, it's it's always a nice nice thing to be, you know, regardless of you know size disparity or or whatever. Um, you know, coming from a, an era, you know, starting in 1995, mm. coming from that era is very much a, a situation where it was a, you bring your A game or yeah you're not going to make it. <laughs> and, you know, I shudder to think how many good people uh, that are no longer training because of that. But, you know, there's, there's no need to be rough. There's no need to be, um, to be harsh. You know, you look after your training partners. Mm. I mean, it just, even if it was a purely selfish thing, it was like totally self-interest. If you don't have training partners, you can't get better. That's right. And like, you know, you can always, you can always inject that rough stuff when you need to. So you, so you don't need to do it every day, you know? No, no. Um, and, and really, I think it takes the, the roughness, takes a bit of the fun. Mm. Like, here we're, we're, we're being pretty chill, we're being pretty playful. Of course, you know, it, it could be a situation where it's, you know, everyone's protecting their belt, you mm. know, they're protecting their grade. Yeah. And, you know, it's got to work out like this because, well, you know, I'm a black belt and all this sort of stuff. You know, but where, where's the fun? Mm. You know, you can well, take a lot of the fun out of it and the learning. That's all the ego. And ego is the enemy. Um, well, you know, it's a funny but, thing about ego, though, isn't it? Right? As, I mean, yeah, we've all heard it. We've mm. all heard the, uh, the you know, jiu-jitsu is an ego yeah. killer. I, I don't necessarily think that's true. I, I think if you're in an environment where it is pretty competitive, yeah, your ego mm. will get beaten down for a time. Yeah. And then... Until you get to the point where you're smashing everyone in your gym. Right. And then it's like, I'm until, the big boss. Until you learn enough to change the narrative of that story. Mm. And then your ego comes back bigger and better and, and you or, know, you could open up, or you could open up your own school and have... Uh, just have your students and then they can deify you like maybe in some other traditional martial arts and and then you buy into your own stuff and then all of a sudden you think that you've got and, and then what you're happens? throwing people with chi through the windows and, and, and then what happens you know uh, you, you actually have less confidence than when you didn't have all of that yeah I think the more you train you, you build on the confidence you have in your ability mm. and um yeah, as we can see here, you got such great confidence in your defense. You know, and you're and you're cool with all this. Mm. You know, it's and, and that's what what martial arts should really do for us. But yeah. um, oh, and then like I think yeah, know, that triangle that you locked up was triangle, oh, yeah. that was straight on tight. It's like I could sense the whole the entire <laughs> time. I could see it coming, feel it happening, 
and then yep tap it's like I couldn't stop it I couldn't well the, you know I, the, but here's the reason I did that was yeah okay I could have been very I've got to get this arm because you know I'm Dave or whatever but um, you know why not do something a little different why mm. not explore what's going on here I might not have gotten the chance to really feel that defense as much yeah. had I just been all about it. Rah, yeah, know. exactly. And it's just, it was just a fun thing to experience because, you know, the confidence in that defense, you know, it's a nice, um, it's a nice way, way to have that happen. Mm. And, and uh, look, yeah, you came for the leg lock and I'm like, no, straight away, wrap my leg. But um, yeah, you, you, you're right onto that. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. But then I think you got it here, the uh, heel hook in the end. I think yeah, that was, was a little later on. Oh, it was maybe a little later, later. on. Yeah, okay. having just, I, I think also, I think people sort of operate a little bit in stereotypes on the man mm. as well, I guess, you know. Um, you know, and I think a lot of the reason why people go after others sort of pretty hard is because the stereotype of that person dictates that this dude's going to smash me or this yeah. guy's going to be on top and he's going to kill me or this guy's going to have, you know, he's going to be all about triangles or whatever. And, you know, once again, you're protecting the belt, protecting the rep. Protecting you know, your reputation for sure. You know, yeah. and, and, and not really enjoying what jiu-jitsu has to offer. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we all started anyway, you know. Well, that's why I like keeping it playful, rolling gently. It, it goes a long way. It, like, it helps. Like, you don't have to roll. Like, if you roll like that just half the time, like you're still getting the benefit from it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can you can have your hard rolls, but yeah, you don't have to have them all hard, hard rolls. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. Because yeah. like if you're going to learn and sharpen the technique and like yeah, and then you can all come up together as like Pedro Sal always says, you know, yeah, yeah, all come up with the tide. tide. But that's exactly right. And think of it. I think of it in terms of um, you know exploration, implementation, and then diagnostics. So. If you had a spectrum of, okay, keeping it real, you know, so it's all about I give nothing, <clears throat> I take everything, and everyone's doing that, right? That's a, a very real indicator of what made it into your DNA. What can you rely on? Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And what is there? How fast and, and well-tuned are those reflexes and, and reactions? And those techniques, how sharp are they? Mm. How much has made it there? Are you thinking about it before it happens? Because in that situation, you can't really afford to. It's just going to come out of you. So then you've got the other end of it. If you only did that, then you'd only do what you're good at. Mm. So then you've got to go to the other end. And, you, you know, you've got the middle of the road there where you can have a little chance to explore, a little chance to play. And... Um, you know, implement some things and sort of have them go wrong. And then you've got this super playful, putting mm. yourself where you really don't want to be, um, good mm. and bad. Yeah. And just sort of seeing how that goes. And, and that end of the spectrum, so from play, really playful to sort of middle of the road, is you accruing knowledge, accruing technique, accruing feel. And then you, you know, you play with it for long enough. And then you know, once a week or however many times you, you're doing it, you keep it really real, and then you find out what made it and what didn't. Hmm. And then, oh, okay, now I've got to put here, so now I'm going to be playful, I'm going to put myself here, and then we're going to work it out. Yeah, and then you know what's going to work in a, in a real, in like in a harder role. Exactly, yeah. exactly, but you've got to add too. Hmm. How many times have we all, and we've all done this, we've put things in the too hard basket. Hmm. We tried it 
in a, in a very competitive way and it didn't work. Well, lo and behold, of course, because everyone was in the same class with you hmm. yeah. and they know well, exactly, what was coming. Exactly. And then you, you summon the courage to give it a try and yeah. then they stop it. Yeah. Not because of a great counter, just because they knew it was coming. And you know the. the uh, it's always funny. Then like, you miss out on the on the benefit. Yeah, when you roll the, you, you feel the technique of the night just come on. It's like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you already know. So you like already have defended it, but it's like, hmm, oh okay. Let's see if he does this right. And if they don't do it right, maybe just yeah, we just keep it playful, you know. Exactly. And here, once again, we're looking at that playfulness yeah, and, yeah. and just with that little arm lock there, mm. you know, was there really any need to make you tap, like, tap, you know? No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not necessary. And you, you actually, you let go before the tap. I was, you know, ready to tap. And, and that's part of the keep it playful. It's like, oh, oh I was just going to tap you, bro, but you, oh, oh, I, nearly, <laughs> I nearly had it, but you, oh, well, exactly. I was going to get out, but you, you, you let it go. I could have tapped, you know, but... um. And, so, and, but that's the thing too. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, we all have little niggles here and there, some mm. of us more than others. I mean, mm. if you're going to look after yourself, defense of self, self-defense is mm. all about, you know, being a little smarter like yeah. that. And I mean, how much skill does it take? There you go. The basic teeter-totter. The basic teeter-totter. <laughs> Keep it simple. That's it. Keep it simple. How much skill does it take to crank on something, you know? Mm. It, it doesn't. No. But, you know... Had you spoken to me 10, 12 years ago, the response would have probably been a little different. Mm. You know, I think within jiu-jitsu, we reinvent ourselves just like we do in life, personally, professionally. And, um, you know, the the chance and the permission to do that, I think, comes very easily on the mat. Mm. You know, as you learn, you evolve, you change, your outlook changes, and the people you hang out with, the community that you hang out with, you know, a positive community. Oh, there's that, that footlock you were talking about. Mm. Oh yeah. I was I was looking to go for the for the toe hold. I caught your foot there, and then it was like, okay, now you got me in. And once again, you know, there's... and then you just held it there and see what I was going to do. So I was just trying to see what I could do in that position. But um, no, eventually you just yeah, you got it in in the end. As soon as I tried to move, that's yeah. well, that's about the control though. I mm. mean, how often do you just control the position without squeezing? Mm. You know, without using muscle with, or with that yeah. just finishing just mm. controlling that little piece mm. like how you know sitting in an arm lock for 10 seconds 15 seconds or whatever 15 seconds is a long time yeah so if you can control it for that long I mean how long would it have taken to you know, mm. rip it off I mean and it's also what's going through their minds at that time 15 seconds of oh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you're going to get a chance to see if they're going to unwind it and reverse engineer and get out of there. You're going to get a chance to see that. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes you can get the best defense from actually learning the offense. Like, to, Definitely. Like, you know, master, master one offensive technique. And then it's like, okay, well, when you're on the bottom, what, what do I need to tap myself, you know? Right. If I, you know. And, if, and if the roles were reversed. How many times have you run into, like, you know, say, say for example, triangle, you know, you've got a triangle specialist. Mm. You know, a guy who's, you know, he's a gun triangle guy. And the first thing I look for is, well, not just can he do it really well, because that's usually where people start. Mm. But um, h- how well can he defend it? How well does he understand yeah. it? Oh, this was cool. This was cool right here. Yeah. 
you as as I got up, did this cool little turn, and then you ended up catching my neck with that little little mm. little grip there. And you used your feet here. Look at that. That's mm. so cool, right? Use your feet here, and I love that little tangle up there. That's yeah. that's really nice. Um, it's my impaired guard. <laughs> man, whatever you call it, it's it's good because here's the thing. The only thing that really, I think, sort of saves me here is the fact that I was able to cross the river like we were talking about mm. before. I'm on this side. And of course, I had to respect that. So even though it was one-handed, I started to respect it. My hand was still a little bit stuck, so I just sort of kept it loose. Mm. And now I realize that, okay, if I go a little bit forward, I can sort of slide my elbow just a little, 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 and mm. I finally get it out. And then, you know, say, save myself yeah. from that. But um, I think you're really onto something yeah. there. And, you know, once well, again, I, I, that, that's a beautiful control right there. Well, I saw someone in the UFC do it. I posted it on my Instagram a while ago. Yeah. Like in that sort of in, just in that control position for a second. But, yeah. And yeah, exactly. You know, just and, and using what you have. Hmm. And I, I reckon that, you know, you can stop people crossing the border on that. You're yeah. going to get a lot of one-handed guillotines, man. Hmm. It's going to be pretty cool. Well, because, like, um, the, that's a rule that I've, had, I've broken. Right. Jiu-jitsu rule. Yeah. Oh, when you're under side control, always control the hip mm. to stop the mount. Mm. But if I can control that arm, how's he going to mount me if his arm's out like that? Well, you can try. You know, he may or may not make it, but certainly anyone that, that is aware of mm. what's going on is probably going to err on the side yeah. of caution at that point. Yeah. And, it's, and yeah, like I said, you know, beautifully adapted. And that, yeah, um, that, there was no defending that one. I was straight on. That was good. Americana. That was that was a beautiful role. Mm. I, I really enjoyed enjoyed that 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 yeah. fun. I think a lot of people do lose their fun. I know I lost my fun. Mm. Um, you know, a few times during my career. You know, when we tend to take things a little seriously, and you know, sometimes it, all it, all it takes is find your fun. Yeah, that's find it. your fun. Um, you know, it's what's not to like. Mm. You're in a great community with people that are. You know, by and large, like in the entire jiu-jitsu community, wherever you, wherever people seek themselves, you know, okay, their sport, their street, mm. whatever. I, I don't really buy too much into that. It's it's more okay. Good jiu-jitsu is good jiu-jitsu. Let's all enjoy it. But yeah. um, you know, once again, that's a that's a reinvention. It's a reintroduction mm. of, of ourselves to jiu-jitsu, and I think doing that and maintaining the fun will give you a long. Mm a long career you know and you found that fun concentrating on what you oh, have yeah. rather than what you don't and yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see yeah well I've, I've had to keep the balance it's like I've at the moment like with unless I get onto a fitness regime and like really get into competition mode like at the moment three times a week is how long I, how many times I can roll and maintain staying on the mat if I go four five times a week then like maybe the next week like the next couple of weeks I'll be feeling sore or run down or sick or but like three times a week that was sort of my my balance that I've found for me and and where was it ever written down that you know the rules state that you have to train six times a week no, two times a day and there's you know like you come Where's that like even down? when you if I come <laughs> back after months like like through my injuries come back after months or if you travel and then you come back it's like you still it's like you haven't lost anything. Mm. Get to a point in like because you're just thinking about it and obsessing over it, and like. Well, I think it gives you a chance to recharge. I think mm. if there was one thing I could sort of go back and 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 be a little bit more mindful of 
would be, I mean, I think about all, all my friends that I had that didn't do jujitsu and because I was completely obsessed and, and, you know, speak to anyone that knows yeah. me, you probably still say I am yeah. still. <laughs> um, the, you know, we, we leave, we tend to leave those friendships behind, the, the, the friendships that aren't sort of necessi necessarily uh, entwined with our obsession tend to get left by the wayside, which mm. is a shame. I, I think having a balance is, is beneficial, you know, and just trying to reconnect with, with people that are outside that sphere, I mean, it, the, the, the thing that sort of led me to that was, you know, how many times you're speaking to jujitsu guys, jujitsu's going mm. sick, jujitsu's everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, yeah, you're seeing it because you're involved in it, mm. but the, the majority of the world still doesn't really know. Um, yeah, the first time you hear about a, like a Tesla or a car or something, it's like you start seeing them everywhere. You know? Right, you know, or you buy the car of yeah. that color and you see that color everywhere. Yeah, when I bought a Skyline, every second car I saw was a Skyline. <laughs> I was like, man, what's going on? It's like on? I thought I was back original here for a second, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that's the thing, and there's so much more, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jiu-Jitsu has afforded me a lot of great opportunities and, and a lot of things that I'm very grateful for every day. Um, but it was it, it can't be obsessive to a point where it's unhealthy. Mm. And that's where you start losing your fun a little bit. And having an, uh, a, a family, you know, of, of people, and I say family, I mean, we have sort of different families. You know, we've got our jiu-jitsu family, we've got our, our, our actual family. Mm. And we've got, you know, our actual family probably puts up with our, our obsessions about jiu-jitsu more than anyone really should. Yeah, I know my family yeah. does. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's why it sort of makes it unique and they accept us for that. But, I mean, what if you had more? You know, what if you had more people? It's like, oh, well, you know, you don't necessarily have to be part of that world to be connected to that person. I think jiu-jitsu is a great connector, but I think with that balance, it can be even greater still. Mm. You know, it's, it's not a situation where it's sort of all or nothing and... You know, it's you're either part of this world or you're not. Yeah. It's, you know, let's let's use jujitsu to you know just connect. So, so what got you into it? Like, you, like you started like in the nineties. Like, were you in you in high school? My first, yeah, my first lesson I was fifteen. Fifteen, okay. Um, and that was and in Brazilian jujitsu. Yes, I, I I did my first lesson with a couple of guys um, that were in the special operations group at mm -hmm. the time, and John Will the first guy to get his black belt in jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. in Australia, um, they were training under him and he was my first instructor for, for many years mm -hmm. and, you know, very grateful for the start that he gave me. Um, super so he's amazing the one guy. that got you, gave you a black belt, yeah? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so I, was, I got my black belt in nine years. Okay. Uh, at the time, um, I was only 26, so I mean, 26 now is like you're an old man, but uh, at the time, I think, and I'm happy to be corrected, but I think I was actually the, um, the youngest guy to get mm. a black belt in Australia at that time, Okay, um, which was sort of pretty interesting, but I, I didn't really start training seriously until I was 17, mm. so I count my time from not my first lesson, but when yeah. I was in it regularly. Um, and you and said, go down to Geelong, didn't you, or something? Yeah. Is that the story? <laughs> well... So I reckon, like, if, I, I if you and I were in high school together, which, like, you were in high school with my first cousin, so we're at the yes. same year level, but just different schools. Yeah. I reckon, like, I probably would have 
uh, we would have seen each friend, other yeah, yeah, we would have been sure. friends with each other I probably would have come down with you because <laughs> like I started like I did my first ju- Japanese jiu-jitsu because I saw the UFC in the yeah. uh, in 90, as, as we all did in the late 90s world, 96 you know? 97 what, around then I can't remember exactly it was just after end of high school start of uni well I, I sort of got a little bit of a heads up as to mm. what was coming because um, these same guys that uh, that they were friends with my dad. My dad was, yeah. uh, you know, a firearms and defensive tactics instructor in the Victoria Police for a long time, and um, these guys would, would come over and you know we'd always chat martial arts. I knew I was into it because yeah. I was into martial arts since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, and just growing up in my house, it was like you know keep your punches straight, chin down, let's go. You know. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, these guys were, well, if you're into martial arts, check this out. And I saw Gracie's in action one and two, and there was some, you know, grainy, you know, VHS tapes, mm. you know, copies of copies of copies yeah, of copies. Yeah, yeah. I think I wore them out completely mm. before I gave them back uh, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to the guys that sort of lent them to me. And I guess they really didn't realize how far ahead of the curve they really were. Mm. Um, yeah, and I got introduced that way. And then UFC, so then, you know, we all saw Hoist do his thing and, you know, um, it was great years later to be able to meet him and train mm. with him and all that sort of thing. I, and so that's what sort of got me started. But really, I think the biggest thing that got me started in martial arts, taking it very seriously, was I used to get bullied a lot. Mm. Um, now, you might, yeah, okay, you already said, you know, you're a big dude, you know. It's like, well, yeah, that, that's okay. what I want to actually, yeah, ask you about bullying as well. Cause yeah. like, especially with you doing the bullyproof now too. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Definitely. like, so I could have seen, like, um, yeah, we all got bullied in high school, and we bullied and got bullied. It was part of that. You know. It was almost a rite of passage, wasn't it? Yeah, know? yeah, it was. <laughs> and it's like I could see like someone with your like, even though you were taller, like back as a kid, like just mm. like me, I could see you probably could have got bullied, and that's probably why you got into martial arts, as the, Absolutely. Uh, the story generally is. So I actually want you to touch on that. As Absolutely. Well. well you know, here's the thing, um, and, and bullying, you know, it was one of those things, it was like you said, you know, it was sort of like, you know, it was, it was sort of just the way it was done. Mm. Uh, we all sort of had to put up with it, and we took our lumps um, physically and mentally, mm. and the thing is, okay, you know, big, you know, I was, you know, I got picked on, I was pretty chubby yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff, and, you know, I got picked on a bit, and it, it got worse and worse, and it mm. got to a point where it didn't really matter how physically big I was, it was more just when you mentally whipped mm. When you're mm. mentally, you know, they've got you mentally, you're an inch tall, and it doesn't matter what physical capabilities you may have, you don't even have the confidence to use them. Mm. Which is, I think, really confidence is the commodity that we trade in. And just like any commodity, it can be stolen, it can be accrued, it can be replaced. And what's the easiest way to replace? that commodity if it's stolen from you or you find someone that you can steal it from mm. and take theirs so hence bullies create bullies and the cycle continues they feed on the negative energy definitely um, like yeah if you, if... and and that's that's the, the funny thing it's like you know it, surrounded in a competitive martial arts environment as we all came up to mm. it does create bullies mm. and what happens when that bully when that formerly bullied kid becomes a bully and accrues more ability, Mm. what do they do? They get worse. They don't get better. They get worse. And really, where does that come from? Well, the world will be right with you if you can whoop everybody. Mm. And it's it's been a, a long, I know for me personally, it's been a long road, but at the same time, 
you know, building that confidence slowly but surely um, is, is the antidote. And of course, the longer that problem was there, the longer it takes to fix it. Yes. So the thing that I love about Bullyproof and both my kids train and we, we train, well, we've got nearly 100 kids here. Um, you know, they, they train. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's great just to see and just to hear the stories, you know, to see how much confidence they have, to hear the stories about how much confidence they've built. And, you know, you get the odd story. Well, you know, my kid was picked on and they stood their ground for the first yeah. time today. And that's huge because mm. if we can catch it now, mm. then that road, that cycle, I mean, we've all run into people in the workplace as adults that use their little modicum of, of power to bully others. Yeah, that's and, and they call it management. Mm. <laughs> it's really not. You, you see it at, at like a lot of places. But like, um, well, that's why the traditional martial arts always had the philosophy behind it. Mm. Whereas you don't, you don't get that a lot these days with sort of mixed martial arts gyms and that. Cause it's all about just the. I think the know. I think the term mixed martial arts is very misleading. Well, the term martial arts is misleading. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, mixed martial arts is what is it? It's a form of competition. It is not a martial art unto itself. But you know, as as we've seen, it's being uh, advertised as such. It's a I do mixed martial arts as a style, and. Um, that being the case, it, it is misleading because there is no philosophy. It's about the athlete. And we've all seen how athletes behave. So, certain athletes are, are, are great people. Others <clears throat> do not exactly cover themselves in glory. I mean, we've got some amazing athletes in the UFC that have, their shall fault, we say, their faults are... you know, check, checkered, uh, checkered histories. But, mm. um, you know, we've, we would like to think that, and this is where I like to sort of draw a distinction, I think... And jiu-jitsu is at a precarious stage. Mm. You know, I think we do need that element of a little bit more responsibility for how we conduct ourselves in public. And, and once again, every day is an opportunity to reinvent and reintroduce ourselves mm. to the public. And, you know, and of course, you know, people are going to be drawn to different things. So they want to get out there and strip to the waist, covered in tattoos and beat each other up. Go, go, well, go ahead. If, <laughs> yeah, if, if it's done properly, I feel jiu-jitsu teaches that ego smashing. It does, that does work, but like it's got to be taught and practiced properly from a, you know, it's whatever point of view you're looking at it, whatever lens you're looking at. I, I completely agree with you. Your I, I think it's not even really smashing the ego. I think it's recalibrating it mm. well ego is an emotion it's a tool mm. just because it's a tool it doesn't mean you throw it out just because it's a negative tool we might need your ego at one stage well, so it's like when do you need your ego if, if you, you could were control to, it yeah if you were to gear your ego so let's say you were to shift gears mm. and say you know, fr going from the ego of well I have to beat my training partner every session mm. to I want every person that trains with me to have the most fun ever and tell everybody, hmm. right? Or to suffer, or to <laughs> whatever you like. Right, so, I mean, if you, if you recalibrated your ego into being the ultimate training partner that everyone wants to train with, mm. how is that not positive? Yeah. You know, exactly. that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great, mm. you know, once again, you can have a, a massive ego, but it's not out of control. It's, it's mm. calibrated in such a way it's very positive. That's it. And it's not even necessarily, a, you know, you gotta beat it out of somebody. You know, it's, it's something that's like, you know, that comes from the top. 
and you know, we, we, you, you train in an amazing school uh, under under Phil there, and he's you know he's very gentle with people. You know, he's he's mm. got a great personality for that, and it shows because everyone there is very friendly. And you know, the the people that I choose to associate with now, I'm no I'm no longer looking for the you know the the toughest guys. Yeah. When I was younger, that's that's who mm. I wanted to train with. I was like, I'm looking for for training partners that are very like-minded in terms of okay we're here for a long time let's let's make it work for us and let's learn from that and you know being able to put all that together safety first let's enjoy let's enjoy the art let's enjoy each other's company let's enjoy the the, each, the personal challenge that each of us mm. represents and being able to do that is a very enjoyable experience so that's that's you know that's evident in the in the school everyone's very friendly and welcoming mm. That's great. And you go to any school of quality, you know, Pedro School in Virginia, the Gracie Academy, you walk in there and it's like, oh, wow, I'm at home. Mm, yeah. And everyone's so friendly. Everyone's so nice. And it's, it's just a great, why would you not want to be a part of that? How is that not positive? And everyone, it's, you know, they've recalibrated their ego into saying, you know what? This is how we behave. Yeah, this we is all, how we do things. We all grow as individuals and as societies and groups as well. Yeah, of so course. Like, yeah. Um, of course, but we can, um, you know, be the example of what we would like to mm. to see and, and, and provide for the generations after us. Although, did you ever get into like watching the Valenti brothers' speeches on Facebook? They used to yes. do it on Periscope as well. Facebook yes. and Periscope. That's yeah, the only reason I had Periscope Friday. on my yeah, phone. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, they're pretty good uh, talks. And, and once again, such a great example, the, the Valencia brothers, mm. you know, very skillful martial artists. Yes. And, and third generation. And they're very good teachers as well. I've been, I've um, been to their gym. You've been there? Yeah, I've been a, I want to visit. Yeah, I really want to visit. But just seeing all the stuff that they put out mm. and seeing... You know, these guys aren't thugs. They're, they're mm. not, you know, mm. very, they're absolute gentlemen. You can see that and that, that authenticity. Yeah. And they're intelligent. They're well-spoken. Mm. They're educated. Yes. They're very positive. They live very healthy lifestyles and they lead by example. And, you know, their, their father was a, a grandmaster as well. He's, rest yes. in peace, um, Pedro Valencia mm. Sr. Um, their grandfather Train with Elio yeah. as well. So, you know, they, they take their legacy, mm. you know, so, so uh, they, they, they shoulder that with reverence and respect, but also very, and, and keep it very practical. That's why I like their talks because, yeah. you know, this is, you know, it's not some crazy ideal that no one else can live up to. It's these little things you can do every day. And of course, you're going to have to check yourself and of course, you're going to fall off. But yeah. You know, bring it, bring it back well, in. It's, and keep well, it's not, it's not just jujitsu. It's the same. It's how how to learn everything. Right. It's like just do one step at a time, and just just drill drill it to become a master. You got to do it every day, or you got to do it for like you know ten thousand hours thing or whatever. But you know, you got to learn the techniques, and you got to do the techniques and practice and practice and practice. A hundred percent agree. And I mean, how many times have you sort of met people or spoken to people that did jujitsu for a little while and then stopped? Mm. Right. And I think really expectations cause frustration, you know. So I think, you know, having healthy and realistic expectations of what we're about, um, being from, from the teacher, you know, from the student to 
have a healthy expectation. I mean, what can someone reasonably expect? Well, when someone comes into this academy, you know, they can reasonably expect that they're going to be treated, you know, with, with respect. They're going to be taught correctly. They're going to be in an environment where people are going to look after them. It's clean. And, you know, you're, you're going to be better for the experience. And yeah. that's a reasonable expectation. Um, safety comes first. Safety and, first. And, and you're going to walk out of that place in as good a shape as you, you walked in. And you're going to have a positive experience. I think that's a reasonable expectation. We'll go home happy. Exactly. Hopefully. And, and, and how many times, I know I've personally fallen short on delivering on that expectation because of my expectations. You mm. know, what do I expect of the student? Really, the only reasonable expectation I can expect of any student is show up <laughs> and put safety first and enjoy. Mm. I think that's a reasonable expectation that... You know, if, if those things are happening, everything falls into place. Well, if anyone gets on the mat, you, you, you just, you've got to respect them. Anyone Absolutely. that just steps foot. I mean, if, yeah. if, you know, not training is here and white belt is here, you know, where's black belt? Well, black belt's about there. Mm. You know, it's not some Mystical. insurmountable feat. It, you know, black belts are people. Uh, they're, they're there's, yeah, there's a white belt, <laughs> black belt, the Hick, and the Hickson's up there somewhere. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, really what's the difference between, like, the, you know, the, the rest of us and say, you know, an, an amazing exponent like Hickson Gracie? Well, time, dedication, effort. Of course, he was, you know, taught by Grandmaster mm. Elio and all his brothers uh, or, you know, and all his experiences contributed to that. But at the same time, that by itself would not necessarily have, no. you know, made, you know, Hicks on Gracie as, as we know him today. You know, it's his efforts and his time and his refinements and his thought and his um, dedication that made all the difference. And, and the path he took. All, right, right. Every exactly. path you take, every step, every he, fork the in the road, the decisions. The decision that he made to do it made it special. Mm. And that, that's what made, made it all special. And really, I mean, we can, we're all doing that every day. We're all making decisions. We're all making choices. You know, and to, to compare paths, I think, would be a little disingenuous to, to oneself. But... Um, at the same time, we're all becoming, you know, where we where we put our efforts, mm. you know. And when it comes to the mat, you know, if, if you're training two times a week or five times a week or ten times a week or whatever it happens to be, you're doing what you're, you can handle. As long as, as, you know, success is not a destination, it's a compass bearing, mm. it's a direction. It doesn't tell you anything about the obstacles, the decisions, anything like that. But as long as you're heading in that general direction, and it doesn't matter if you're running or walking or crawling or, you know, rolling or yeah. whatever, you know, it doesn't even matter if you stop. Mm. And as long as you're heading in the same direction, you're doing well. And I think expectation causes a lot of frustration sometimes. So I think, you know, let's, let's you know, check that expectation, make it realistic, make it achievable, and... Then just do. Then just do it. Then just do. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit like what uh, John Jacques was saying. No, not why me. Uh, what was it? Not why me. Try me. 
Right. Like, just do it. Well, yeah. actually, the, the first seminar I ever went to mm. uh, as a white belt was with Jean Jacques like, Machado, yeah. and I got a chance to train with him. Yeah, and of course, it's so it's so amazing. Like, took me to pieces. <laughs> yeah, like the first the first one I went to was a Hoyler Gracie, and then like you get you go to Hoyler Gracie, you go to you meet all these people, Hodger Gracie, the Valenti brothers, Hoist Gracie seminars, Hicks and Gracie. Like you meet, you meet them all. And you go to their seminars, and so you can't play basketball with Kobe Bryant or Michael yeah. Jordan or whomever. Yeah, the, the only, the <laughs> only, the only other sport like I've ever done where you actually on the field at the same time is triathlon. Right. You know, and so I came. And there's from not there. really and a like, lot of interaction. There's not so interaction. Much. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a legend walking, running past. There, there's, Tony, there's Tony Abbott. Yeah, hi Tony, <laughs> or F, F off Tony. <laughs> actually, <laughs> met Tony up here. Yeah, yeah, he was just up the corner here. It was pretty cool. Uh, he's actually, yeah. he seems like a quite a quite a nice seems guy. Seems like a nice guy. I sort of felt bad for him because everyone yeah. had these ridiculous questions, sort of designed to make themselves look smarter in his eyes. Mm. And I just thought, man, why do you even bother answering them? <laughs> I just said, hey man, what's up? You know. <laughs> but, yeah, we, could, um, we could stay here all day if we, we politics. We could, we could. But, uh, so let's not go down that road. Yeah, but, so, um, so rather than politics, let's talk another <laughs> controversial issue: uh, diet. Like you used diet. to, you, you were. Uh, tell us about your um, ventures into the culinary. Uh, in terms of like, you used man. to be vegan. I was hardcore, man. Mm. Um, I a vegan giant. How in the hell did you fuel yourself? Well, that's probably why I'm not a giant anymore. Uh. Um, I actually did my um, a Bachelor's of Health Science in naturopathy eventually, and, and most of that was actually nutrition. Mm. And what I found was, it's actually a really interesting uh, conclusion, was... There's a lot of diets. There's a lot of people telling you what you should and shouldn't do. Um, none of the diets really advocate eating garbage. Some of them will be stilted a particular way, so you know, paleo, mm. vegan, whatever. Um, and of course, you know, you got a guinea pig on yourself. But they all say cut sugar, but yeah. Right. Well, yeah. There's, there's certain things that they always say. Yeah. Right. And then there's then they've put their belief mm. system in it, but not one of them, save one, which I'll mention later. Not one of them actually has any form of evidence other than anecdotal, the tribes, people of the Hunza Valley or whatever, um, live for a long time and this is what they do. Um, okay, that's awesome, but there are a lot of other environmental factors that they have that we don't and we have that they don't. So there's other things at play. The only diet that actually has a, a visible body of research that actually spans for nearly 100 years is the Gracie diet, mm -hmm. which, I mean, in terms of hard science, there are things that, you know, don't necessarily hold up under, under the, the science of it all. But you got to remember, Carlos Gracie was self-taught. He, he, mm -hmm. he experimented on his very large family. And what do you have? You've got a and lot of people. Was, and what you, when was that? That was in the 30s? Before. before, I think he started the before. Jeez. Yeah. Right, so that, there's a lot of research so there. It has been 100 years. And he had a great control group. He had all his, his very extensive extended family and all his students. And what did he have? Even inside his family, he had people that didn't follow it. Mm. So you had, yeah, he had the people control that followed group. it. He had the people that didn't follow it. They all yeah, more so. or less did the same physical activity. And the difference was the diet. So... That was actually really interesting. Mm. And uh, on a recent trip to LA, Hori and Gracie's actually 
getting together, the, the science, Grandmaster Hodion, yeah. is, is getting together a scientific study for the Gracie diet to actually get well, it up to there's the scientific standard. Yeah, there's been a few other diets based on the food, on com- food, food combining. combining. Um, and so I spent a year under Steve Maxwell, yeah. and the diet he had me on... It's kind of a variation of that, but it's actually more the Tilden diet. Yeah. But it's with the food combining. So he's got, so it's basically I would have one fruit meal a day, one starch so meal a day. Tilden is a hay diet as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'd do the one, one fruit meal a day, one starch meal a day, one protein meal a day. Yep. I lost nearly 10 kilos and I wasn't fat. But it's like, that was, <laughs> right. just, that was just the excess, just mm. excess body fat. And it's just like, and I was loving that diet. I would, mm. You know, I would look forward to my fruit meal a day. Mm. It's like a plate it's of a fruit. Sweet. Oh, mate, it's awesome. But then it's like, okay, you can then, it's a bit hard to control when you go out because they just mix everything together. But um, there's true, a true. few diets that do the food combining now and the, the, fa- I think, the fasting as well. I think fasting's a big fasting's thing. Fasting's a big thing. Um, you know, considering, you know, not, not to get on the paleo topic too much because I think, I mean, if it was really true paleo, we'd be eating bugs and stuff. Which, you know, yeah, I, look, I, don't the, see, the, I don't see a lot of people look, just, in Australia doing yeah, that. Look, in terms of the, you shouldn't conflate the term paleo with yeah. actual Paleolithic man. I mean, you're it's right. Like, it's a diet. You <laughs> it's, know, it's, it's, like, it's a bit. It's a bit. Uh, you know, it's a bit spurious. Yes. Um, yeah. but, and other uh, big words like that. How many more big words can we add? <laughs> Ten dollar words, man. <laughs> Ten dollar words. That's what it's all about. <laughs> um, but I think fasting. I mean, really, we weren't actually designed to eat every day mm-hmm. yeah. we weren't designed for it but what do we have we have plenty man we're, mm. we're all good and you know think about all the the diseases that we have now that did not exist mm. even because as, as early as a hundred years Possibly. ago yeah. because of excess mm. and once again Carlos Gracie senior uh, the founder of the Gracie diet um, was very much, you know, fast. Hmm. You know, and, and when you look at, you know, certain religious practices around the world, I think in every mm. sort of major religion, there's, there's a time where you fast. Yeah, and, and I think well, that was a cultural to, thing. When we used to do that, it's like, and like you'd feel better. It's like, oh, I have to eat this crap, but it's like, oh, you feel better. <laughs> it was fast, like, be like vegan for a week. Right, you know, or there were certain things that you would you would yeah. certainly cut down on, and and other obvious, no meat, you know yeah. certain things would be like mm. you know it'd be some would be a little bit more hardcore yeah, than yeah. others, but the whole concept is still there. So I think there's a lot to that, and really I think probably the one thing with diet that I think people really do get bent out of shape about is that that the, the fact that they don't stay on track, they get really neurotic about it to a point when they eventually do fall off track, and that's inevitable. Yeah. Um, they don't get back on track. Well, yeah. And then, oh, I've got to start a diet again. That, I was, think, that was the biggest lesson yeah. I learned from Maxwell. And like reconcile, and I've like reconciled my own, um, my own, uh, what's it called? Um, affiliation with food, my own mm. um, emotional, because uh, it's like, you know, you have an emotional connection to food. Right. And it's, and, and like when you're upset and you have the food that, that actually makes you feel good, if, yeah. if you are on a diet, and this is what Maxwell was saying, like if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're sitting in a restaurant and a person's smoking in your face, worrying about the person smoking is, is pretty much almost as bad as the actual smoking in your face because you're mm. causing all the cortisol levels to rise. Oh, you're getting all angry. Well, Steve, Steve's a very interesting cat. He's yeah. very interesting. We, we had but like, yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, Just hanging out with him for a day yeah. was, was very interesting. Yeah. 
yeah, hung out he's, with him a fair he's, bit. He's, I, I like Steve. He has that. You know, we were just talking about you know life and childhood mm. and all that sort of stuff, and you know, it you, just, you could just extract the lessons from his life. Yeah. But it's like, okay, that's a bit extreme. Yeah, he's, I mean, look, he's in terms of and, and like anyone that's a, you know, it's a thinker. Mm. You know, they're going to have some ideas that are mm. like, okay, that's sort of pretty rad. But mm. um, you know, you don't have to take all of it either. Yeah, you put it through. Your own well, like what I took out of that was, okay, if I'm on the diet and you you go strict, you know, fully on the diet, fully strict, not one thing out of place. And then you, and then because of like you go to your family, you know, growing up Mm. with a wog wog family, (laughs) you can't leave that, you can't leave your parents without eating and like all the aunties and uncles. Bad bad chance that's going to happen. You got all these weddings and all these places to go to. It's like, all right. You you show up. Occasionally, occasionally. Don't eat, this is a problem. Yeah, like (laughs) to keep the peace, you have to eat. So it's like, all right. So, so right. you're trying to keep the peace. You eat, and then you feel guilty about it, and then it's like, oh, I'm not on my. Oh, I, I stuffed I up there. Off track. I fall off track, and then the diet's are. And the then diet's everything gone. you've done, you sort of discount. You go, yeah. oh well, you know, it's all ruined now. But I, I'd rather think, okay, well, I, I stuffed up, but it's not a stuff up. I enjoyed it. I actually, I needed to, I needed to have that good feeling, and I actually got the good benefits. If I'm sitting there worrying all day, stressing out, and that's. <laughs> What's that, what's that doing? What's that doing to your body? That the cortisol, the anxiety, is, and stress is wrecking you more than what the food did. And the more you can stop that in life, like the better it is. Um, I've stopped that's, that as much as I can. And that, like I've given up. I've given up footy be, like because of that. The anxiety and the, the stress. Is like, oh my god. Oh well, man, I, I, I'm you know. Yeah, any, anyone that's known me for a significant amount of time would be able to tell you that I, I, I can be pretty intense. You know, it's very serious and. Nah. Learning. Nah. <laughs> you. <laughs> learning how to not be so serious all the time. Not everything is critical. Not everything is so important. Mm. And, you know, once again, you know, my journey as a teacher is, of jiu-jitsu has really helped me with that. And believe me, you know, it took a while for me to get there. So, yeah. um, and, and still, I'm, you know, I still have my moments, you know, mm. it's perfect. But, you know, realizing that it's okay to fall off track. Just get back on. Yeah. Your, your ability to get back on track is what really determines the fact that you're on track for that long. Is like, it's amazing. It's good. Wow. You, you were on track for that well, long. Come cool. back. Oh, well, that's all right. You, you stumbled. That doesn't matter. Get so, back. Uh, just... with, with reference to diet, though, um, you know, I think, yeah, you, you can be really hardcore about it, but it has a shelf life. It, it's what you do most of the time that really counts. And, yeah. you know, Stick to it, and quite frankly, I think a lot of these, you know, these diets that, that have a theme to them, they're almost impossible to follow to the letter forever. Yeah. Um, you know, just out of you know being a human. So you're being, on any sort of diet at the moment, or you just sort of well, you know what, similar I, concepts. The the, the diet I'm on at the moment is you know my my wife. Um, whom I did meet doing that bachelor's degree. Mm. Um, you know, keeps me very much on track and. You know, we enjoy our coffee and, and all that sort of stuff, as any Melbourneian yeah. would. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can't not enjoy coffee in Melbourne. Oh, right. It's a, it's no, if you a... can't find a good cup of coffee, you're not in Melbourne. You're not, uh, you're, you're not, not on earth. Okay. <laughs> you're not in Melbourne. But, um, you know, we, we maintain a, a very healthy lifestyle. There's certain things that I don't do. Obviously, I don't smoke, I don't drink or, mm. or do anything like mm. that. Um, and, and that's, you know, that that's pretty much it. I, I, you know, it's more about sort of keep keep the uh, keep the calm and yeah. enjoy. Well, you, you got into hunting as well. Oh yeah. yeah, so definitely. 
Um, I, and I, I love are, that. Just are being you doing connected. you're doing bow hunting or yeah. just yeah yeah? So I was actually considering trying to do that as a just just archery as a form of therapy. Maybe if I could figure figure out how to do it, you could do it. There's a lot of different ways I, to do it. Yeah, as a yeah as a form of therapy to get stronger and then mm. also be able to functionally do do something there's a lot of really cool releases and stuff that they they make now and all that sort of thing and you know modern compound bows and everything is sort of easy to draw and everything yeah but i think really the big thing about the hunting is not like people focus on hunting i think Mm. and they focus on the killing yeah it's like well okay that's the that's the end right but it's not the end there's more to it after that because you know you you take the meat you you know you got to drag it out of there. You got to butcher it. You know, you, know, you got to preserve that meat so you know it's it's fit for consumption. So it's like you're saying the hunt lasts for a year until it's like fully consumed and everything, and then it just stays. But then then right. it actually stays in you. The memory stays in you forever. So the hunt never finishes. But the life feeds on life. I mean, yeah, if you could be yes. the most hardcore angry vegan in the world, and not to stereotype angry vegans, but there do seem to be a lot of them out there. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, who's, stand, who's standing up for the life of the plants? Or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could go on forever yeah, like that, exactly. right? But I think really the big thing is like just being up in the hills and and, and, and I don't get up there enough. I'd, I'd love to do more. Um, my dad really? and my brother are making me jealous all the time. You know, <laughs> they're yeah. always up there. Um, I grew up in a hunting family, yeah. of course. But I think the... the the connection that I'm building with it. I won't say I've built because it's a, you know, it's an ongoing thing, mm. but you know, I'm, I'm pursuing a creature that has a brain the size of a Mandarin mm. that can consistently outsmart me. Mm. And, and what's, you know, my brain size has nothing to do with it. It's awareness. Mm. It's being aware completely of your surroundings mm. and they could be standing, you know, 10 feet away from me. I might not even know they're there, but they know I'm there. Yeah. And they don't even move. They're, well, like they're doing their own jiu-jitsu. They're right. masters of exactly. their own environment. That's their jiu-jitsu. defensive capability is mm. ridiculous. Mm. And then you've got energy management. Now, you're, you're trumping up and down hills all day. Mm. You better manage your energy because, and this is a cool thing, you know, the, the mountain, the hills, mm. they can break you by doing nothing. Yeah. Just by being there. Yeah, I remember hiking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they break you by doing mm. nothing. So it's like just being there is, is a power, you know. Unbelievable stuff. And just, just mm. being around that and, and you know, gaining an appreciation for how difficult it really is. Mm. You know, I like to do things that sort of teach me about myself. And what I've learned about myself is I have a lot to learn. Yeah. <laughs> same as jujitsu, you know, same as, same as out, out, out on, you know, behind the bow, mm. you know. You can't blame the target. Yeah. When you miss, and you will miss. <laughs> I've missed plenty. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So I'll just ask one final question. Like with regards to learning, mm-hmm. and like has like teaching helped you learn, and learning helped you teach, and does that make sense? But yeah, like, yes, it does. Yes, okay. It absolutely so. does. I think a teacher has to be the most avid student mm. on on the mat. You know, and, and we've all met teachers that are a bit nonplussed. You know, not just in jujitsu, but you know, everywhere. You know, you mm. show up to uni and the lecture shows, and I'm like, yeah, I can't. Monotone. I used to hate the monotone. <laughs> Today in chemistry, and, and they just don't care, mm. right? They just d- deliver. I get paid, it's done, mm. right? And to me, it's not really a teacher. To have that enthusiasm 
to build that enthusiasm happens on a daily basis for me. And does teaching help me learn? Definitely. Because just taking your own advice <laughs> goes a long way. Well, if, if you just shut up and take your own advice for once in like, just stop, <laughs> look at what you're doing wrong and take your own advice. <laughs> Mate, you'd be a way better person. Uh, right. no, not you, but like everyone. That but is everybody. You, you all, you, we all would be. We all would be. <laughs> take your own advice. Hmm. Um, not to mention the amount of depth of knowledge that you have to have to be a competent teacher, to be a teacher that can keep their promise to their student demands that you be a great student. Demands that you enjoy learning as much as you enjoy passing it on and vice versa. Hmm. And becoming a better teacher has been an interesting journey for me. And I think coming back to finding that fun and having realistic expectations of myself and of others hmm. goes a really long way to, toward that. And having that, uh, that passion, that enthusiasm for learning and thereby becoming a better student, thereby becoming a better teacher, where it just feeds. It's yeah. just a cycle and it just keeps going. So it's, I think it's, it's vital. I think any student, even if their capacity as a teacher is, um, is limited to simply helping their partner, they're still teaching and they're learning more by doing that. You know, I, I don't think you can have a moment as a you know you, you can go your whole life as a student without teaching somebody something yeah so I think they, they go hand in hand mm. definitely okay yeah and then like so you got the Gracie combatives and all that now so 100% yeah do you want to tell the audience about uh, where they can find all that all your I'll put your links to your website and, cool yeah excellent so, your, uh, so here in Templestow Gracie-jujitsu.com.au Gracie Jujitsu Templestow um, we offer, we just recently added Women Empowered. Uh, we're gonna have a big kickoff seminar okay. October 1st. Um, we've got Bullyproof, we've got Combatives, we've got Master Cycle, and of course, we've got the, you know, along with the, the amazing programs from the Gracie Academy, we also have uh, the Pedro Sauer lineage, and we're very proud to be able to represent both. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in a very privileged position um, to be able to do that, and of course, uh, everyone out here, you're always welcome. You know, come down and benefit. You know, yeah, just like I do. Come, come down and hang out. <laughs> <That's> you know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than hanging out with with good friends and and you know spending spending good time on the mat. So, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. Come down, you check us out on Facebook, Insta. Yeah, all that for sure. Stuff. I'll put all the oh, links up on the description and all that. Thank you, but sir. Yeah. Thank you. All right, no worries. Thanks a lot for that. Sav, thank you so much, man. That's a podcast done. Yeah, bingo. Let's hope all the cameras work. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you guys next time. Was cool. Cheers. Alrighty, guys, I hope you enjoyed that rollcast with Professor Dave Christick. Yeah, I know I enjoyed uh, doing it. And yeah, uh, it was a great role and a good chat. So um, it was a bit longer than normal. And I'm hoping to do a lot more longer ones like that as well in the future. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. And yeah, be sure to check out my brand new blog I started uh, pretty much this week. So links will be in the, in the description below. So yeah, so check out that. Follow me on my social media. Like, subscribe and share. And we'll catch you next time. Peace.